Well, it's good, my boy. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Had to throw on the Stafford jersey today. Oh, as you should. Yeah, for a multitude of reasons. I don't know if you've seen, but something was going around on Twitter or X, whatever the fuck you want to call it now. Never X. I'm never calling it X. I don't care what anybody says. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. We, the Detroit Lions, are supposedly banning Matthew Stafford jerseys. I saw that. And I don't know why someone would want to even throw that out there as an idea. Right. Because if you notice the way Matthew Stafford and his wide receivers have been playing, um, I don't know, as of the past four weeks. Yeah. And the way our secondary has been playing for, I don't know, the entire season. Mm-hmm. We gonna get got. <laughs> Stafford That's gonna put up like 450 on us. Oh, man. I, I so we better wait. relax. And we all better wear these out of respect. Well, it's that for me, but it's also the fact that it's like, this isn't like a Rodgers in Green Bay thing. Like, Stafford is still beloved in Detroit. I don't get it. Yes. Like, what is the point of banning his jersey? Like, no, he doesn't play for the team anymore, but he's been nothing but respectful for Detroit. Ever, nothing yes. but love for that city ever since he left. So, yes. what's the harm in doing that and just, like, representing one of your favorite players who gave so much to Detroit? I think it's like a – yes, it, people are calling it a revenge game. I don't think that's a narrative. It's more of a homecoming. It's – that's yes. all. It's more That's of a all. revenge game for Jared Goff. Exactly. There you go. And we'll That's, get into that later. We will definitely get into that. But, yeah, I thought that was a little ridiculous just because, like, especially his wife, too. His wife, I mean, everything yeah. I've seen about Kelly Stafford has been, like, always been respectful. Friendly. Always respectful. So, yeah, I don't I don't like that narrative. And I hope it doesn't bite Detroit in the ass. But we'll, we'll start with our preview with that one a little bit later. How was your week, though, sir? Yo, my week has been been a fucking roller coaster Ooh, okay right, so um monday i don't think anything crazy happened but yesterday mm. i felt like i lived two lives yesterday oh so no i made my way to work as i'm getting out my car i hear some ding ding dings from my phone okay i check and it's my guy uh he's made appearances before my guy needle king yeah <laughs> Love he's, needle hitting king. Up, he's hitting up the group chat like hey yo Man, I took a break off of Bumble, came back on, and this shit is buzzing. Oh. If you guys don't know what Bumble is, it is a dating app. And uh, if you've been living under a rock, I got banned from Tinder. Right. Woo! Take us way back to episode one. Yeah. So, yes. Um, I said, wait a minute. Is that a dating app you said? Mm. I said, hold on. Let me hop on that real quick. Boo, 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 boo. Made a little profile while I was at work, supposed to be working. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, no, you're, you're working, working all right. You know what I'm saying? I verified myself pose with the way they wanted me to pose. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know what I'm saying? I was like, let's have some fun. Let's see, let's see where this shit goes. Boom, set my phone to the side. I actually started working. Okay, that's good. Came back to my phone. I'm like, oh shit, I got like five likes in like 30 minutes. Hey, all right. And I was like, buzzing. And I was like, okay, if I get two more while I'm sitting right here, I'm going to pay for it. I'm oh. going to get premium. Oh, okay. In premium. order to see who likes you, you need to have premium. Interesting. Okay. So I, I said, have no idea about this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope not. No, nope. <laughs> I'm one so, of the ones living under a rock. I was like, I don't know what bubble <laughs> is, but sure. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working again, and boom, boom, get two more. And I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. All right, well, I'm a man of my word. So I went to go buy it. Boop, boop, boop. Been doing pretty successful so far. Okay. Having fun. Not going to lie. Um, nice. Met a lot of women that have kids on there. Um, so that's always fun. Oh boy. Now, 
now um later on after work actually after my workout mm-hmm. fast forward throughout the day um i'm driving home and i had this great idea to go to noodles and company <laughs> yeah and you know i pull off to the side and i'm like i've never been to this noodles before i'm gonna try it <laughs> pulled in whipped that door open i was standing at the cash register for like 10 minutes i ain't gonna cap <laughs> I was I'll relay the message I was stand, standing there for 10 minutes Staring at the cashier With her back turned towards me On her phone But I mean it's cool Look I was I was spending half of my shift Swiping left and swiping right on Bumble So I ain't even tripping You feel me Maybe she was doing the same I totally get it girl Go get you some D Alright mm. But maybe she was just trying to study for some homework I don't know Anyway I put my order in. I ordered two things. Boom, boom, boom. Went to go sit down on my phone, swiping left again, swiping right again. And then I hear somebody whisper my name. Ryan. I'm like, I look up. I'm like, who the fuck would know me around these parts? Because <laughs> I'm in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, basically. I mean, sure. <laughs> Guess uh, if you think of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an area where I'm not in. There you go. The That's not your hood. No, no, no. And so I look up and it's Mrs. Foster. <laughs> You're a man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking Mrs. Foster. And I'm like, yo, what's up? She's like, hey, did you want some noodles coupons? And I said, bet, can you give me a drink too? <laughs> she said, here you go. There you go. <laughs> Handed me one of these. We still got the same cup. <laughs> <laughs> I just left there from earlier too. Oh, okay. I was like, that's not going to last long. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. I was like, hey, I'm definitely telling Siege about this. Yeah, she told me uh, too. I was like, what the hell is he doing over there? I didn't realize you were at that location that was close yeah. to her job, which is less than 10 minutes from my house. So I'm like, yeah, you're yeah, in my yeah. hood. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, That's hilarious. And then um, earlier today, uh, I get a text on my phone, and it's probably one of the most disturbing text messages I've ever received. Uh-oh. Um, it read... Hold on. Let me let me get exact. All right. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Going to get exact. All right. Because this shit, this shit fucked me over. Oh, no. (laughs) She said, maybe the baby is yours. I'm just no context behind that. None. Okay. Maybe the baby's yours. Oh, Um, it's from it's from someone I have obviously with have appointments with. Sure. And so I'm like, wait, you're pregnant because. Um, I just seen you a couple weeks ago, and um, you you wasn't pregnant then. Not that she knew of. <laughs> Not that she knew of. Um, just saying, it happens like that. And she said, "Um, no, I'm for real. Mm. Like I'm pregnant." Um, what? She said, "I didn't let any other." She said, "I didn't let the other dudes nut at me." That Make she a was deposit. <laughs> yes. Okay. And um, if anyone knows me. My favorite dessert is a cream pie. <laughs> All right. And so, um, you see, in the moment, she's like, oh, my God. In the moment, she, <laughs> she, she was on birth control. I swear. Dirt. Dirt. That's why I felt comfortable just let, letting letting loose right. inside of her. Like, you know she's, yeah. she's a regular. You know what I mean? So she's a regular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's getting worse. Okay. <laughs> And so I'm like, so I'm like, yo, weren't you on birth control? How I don't believe you. Like, I literally don't believe. I till right now, I don't believe her. Right. And she's like, yeah, the birth control had a point 
1% chance. I said, so you telling me my nut just so happened to defy the odds. Boom! Right through the defenses. You telling me my, my sperm. Got them super balls. <laughs> them, them super dragon balls. And she said, yep. She said, yep. It was yep. sitting. Fertile. I'm like, what? I didn't know what to say, so I just said, look, you capping. No, no, yeah, just no. <laughs> look, you lying. Just no. I, I, I ain't even trying to go back and forth with you. I don't you lying. <laughs> don't believe you. And so now, like, I'm kind of scared. Because oh, there, there was no punchline here? No, look, no. This, I can't even think of one. <laughs> look, I, I'm, I'm just like, fucking I'm like, scared. I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop, like, and then she says she was fucking around. Like, no. That There's was, a possibility. That yes, I'm I'm fucking scared. There's no way. I'm I I okay. Look in the back of my mind, I swear to God she's lying. But I can't help to think, what if she's actually telling the truth? What would be the gain from lying about it, though? All right, that's what I don't get. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. I know I know people if, be trifling and shit out there, but like, if, look, okay, so you have to know this girl. Sure, which I get um, that. If if I were to say her name. Mm-hmm. All my guys listening would be like, "Yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. that that's how she is to him." Mm. Um, wow, yeah, but she. So are we taking a test at some point? Oh hell yeah, I'm taking okay. that shit. Okay, yeah. was like, no, you're not what? just gonna make me a dad. Hell no, right. what the fuck? Like, what? Like, golly, oh my god! Wow. First of all, girl, I think you're lying because you you had that. You know what I'm saying? You was on birth control, and I know that for a fact. Like, point proof. Like, it was set in stone. On birth control. Written on cement in my front yard. Right outside of my window. So, this is like you're 100% she was on it. Yes, 100%. Okay. And I know it's not, you know, 100% effective, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah, especially when you've been taking it for, I don't know, three, four, five, six years. Exactly. Like, you, your body gets used to that. So, like... Yeah. So... Um, did your body just automatically build up some type of resistance? And I just so happened to be the one to have the bad luck and make that 0.1% possible. Did she miss like a dosage or something? Like, I know it has to be like on a certain schedule or it gets fucked up. Now I'm not an expert in case someone didn't know that. So I could say like everybody else, but yeah, you know, but Uh, I'm trying to think of where a a mistake might've happened here that might lead to that result. I'll tell you the mistake. The mistake was me <laughs> texting her back that night she came over and I smashed. That, uh, that was the mistake. Uh, <laughs> All right. If you rewind, yeah, that definitely probably could have been fixed. A man, see, ago. it's crazy, man. See, like, I know I'm going to fuck up. So I say shit just to make sure I don't fuck up. But then I end up fucking up anyway. Because uh, before, before I fucked up, I came on this show and I was like, look, sees. I'm done messing with hoes. Like, done. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm going into the year woo-woo. And then this shit happens. Uh Okay, at the same time, though, you're, we were never sitting here saying, like, you're going to become, like, a monk or something. I get it. Like, you're a warm-blooded, good-looking dude, single, ready to mingle. You're out there. Even if you're not, there's a difference between, like, looking for hoes and, like, just getting some. Like, there's a difference. It's down to the details of your partner and the circumstances around it. So, like, I wouldn't say this is necessarily, like, you just fell off the horse or something. But like you said, she was a regular. So like, it almost feels like this was probably more probable than you letting this happen with some rando. So I don't necessarily consider this to be an L in that regards. So to say, so to speak, but wow, that is, um, 
I could see the roller coaster part. That's a big fucking deal, especially if it's real. Yeah. Did she say uh, how far along she is? All right. This is another reason why I don't believe her. Okay. But so where's, the, where's the timeline? Where's she, Maury? I need Maury Povich in here. So <laughs> <laughs> I know he's gone. Ryan Vang, you are the father. How about right. fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I need it. I need him for this, but I know he's not around. So, Oh, uh, man. Wait, did Maury so die? She, or did, I know Jerry Springer died. Did Maury Polish die? That's a great question. Um, One second. Need to double check that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's still I alive. Know. He's still alive. Okay, so I'm going to get Maury. He's 84. We need him on the bro show. Get him on the bro show. I need him out here. Jerry Springer, I know, passed away, but Maury is still alive, so let's go. <laughs> Maury, Maury, Maury. I fucking love that show. Go on, though. So she texted me a picture of her, you know, taking a blood test. Mm. That's, I guess, the way she was taking her pregnancy test. I don't know. Uh, you could do that. That's yeah. that's one Some way. shit like that. I don't yeah. know. Um, and then um, she's like, yeah, I'm taking my test. I was like, fucking around. Okay, I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, Whatever. <laughs> and then she t- she said uh, she got a call from the lab or wherever the hell she, she got her test from. And she said it came back positive. Mm. She said they left a message on her phone and said... She came back positive. That's her words. Okay. Um, and I that just doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe I'm trying to make it not make sense, but that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, because why would they just leave you a message like that unless there's something she's not telling me? As someone who has now seen 18 motherfucking seasons of Grey's Anatomy, I can assure you that does happen, bro. Normally, as long as you give them permission to leave critical information on a voicemail if they can't reach you that 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 is a real thing just just to put that part to bed he said <laughs> after watching 16 18 season of gray's anatomy yeah, yeah. I, I believe I, I'm, a do- I'm a doctor now that's what that means i've seen this much fucking gray's anatomy i'm officially a surgeon i could probably oh. do it myself now yep sorry so <laughs> again oh, that man. doesn't necessarily mean it is yours but there is a possibility now which wow <laughs> wow that is stunning. And I'm trying not to smile because I know how like emotional this is for you. Oh, no. And, I'm trying to laugh this shit off, too, bro. I know. Just like, because <laughs> I just like, I almost don't believe you. Like, there's no way because you're so careful. So, okay. I'm not careful enough. I probably should have worn top. It's yeah, funny because we, we just talked about that, I think, last week's episode or two weeks ago. We said, some dudes need condoms out here. Like, some of y'all got to wrap it up. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. how ironic that yeah. here we are now. So hard headed, don't like to listen to people. That's me. Hey, well, you know, this is going to be an interesting journey. I mean, we're going into year two and on my bingo card for things we would add to the show. That was definitely not on that card. So following well, your descent into madness on this one is going to be riveting. <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to tell the world what's what's going to happen and what's mm-hmm. going on because i'm sure man if this shit is true this shit is gonna get crazy because so, like bro i cannot be with her well that's i would say an outdated idea yes the the concept of being with the baby mama and having a family unit is ideal of course this is not the stone ages this is 2024 sir like you just are right. because the kid is there doesn't mean you have to be with the mom you can still be a great Dad, I know I'm talking way ahead of myself here, but you could absolutely be a great father and not have to be with the woman. That's those are two very different things. So before you get into that, 
train of thought and think you have that. Now, it's different because that means that she's in your life forever, regardless whether you're with her or not. But you don't have to be with her just because of that. So, again, I, two, di two different ideas. Yeah. And I, I completely get what you're saying. Um, And I'm not against that, quote unquote, lifestyle way of living, however you want sure. to put it. Sure, sure. But, like, it means something to me. I know it does. Because I come from a household where, you know, I wasn't with both parents. Oh, yeah. You know, I was too. Um, yeah. So I get it. It's, I always told myself, like, it. yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be out here, you know what I'm saying? Like, having kids by different baby, like, I got, right. it's got to be that one that is going to be done. my wife. We done. ain't getting divorced. Divorce is not going to be an option. Mm. We're going to make that shit work. We're right. going to raise a family the right way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to break this, or I'm going to break this generational curse. Right. Because this has been going on in my family, both sides, for generations and generations. So I get it. Uh, you know I get it. Yeah. So I. I it's a lot. It. It's I a lot to think it. about. And it's, dude, it's just all, it's so fresh right now, man. And you're going to have a hundred. You know, you talk about like the five stages of grief. Like, I think in this situation, there's like 90. Like, there's so, <laughs> there's so many different avenues to go through. And this is not something I'm speaking from, from experience. Because, you know, Rachel was mine and that was the way we wanted to go. However, I understand the concept of, like, the emotional depth it takes just to get your mind wrapped around the fact that there's another life involved now and, like, what that means and what it entails for your future. And It's a lot. All I'm saying is you ain't got to process it all right now, man. Take a, take a step, deep breath, understand it's not the end of the world. It's just the next chapter. If it is what it is. Now, this girl is lying. I mean, I hope there's jail time included because fuck that. That's that no, will yeah. fuck someone's you, life up. <laughs> you can't you can't disrupt my peace like that. Not like, in that way. Not that way. Like, like if you if you so call me up. on some oh my gosh, see that you just reminded me of another story. Oh but god. <laughs> maybe we can save that for later or something. Okay, okay. But you can if you call me in the middle of the night on some drunk shit like you like like me and want me to stop fucking with hoes, like that's cool. That's one thing. But then if you're this, over here lying that you're pregnant about my baby. They make trash TV talk shows for that. Like, that's just fucked up. That's life-alteringly yeah. terrible. That's a special place in hell for people who fake that kind of shit. So that's why I'm like, I almost hope that it's real just because if it's not, I feel like that's almost worse. Like, goddamn, you're a fucking twisted person if you're making that kind of lie. So yeah. it's weird. It's weird for me. I, like, I hope it's real just because that would I, that's just evil to me. I hope the evil thing isn't as real as just a baby. As the actual, because that's not as bad. You that's know not as bad. That's nowhere near yeah. as bad. That's that's a wonderful thing, especially in the right context. So like, yeah, yeah. Good lord, man. Wolves, we will be staying tuned to your story. That's for damn sure. Because mm -hmm. wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I didn't mean to take up the whole fifteen minutes that we no intro, but uh, that trust me, it's much better than anything I have in the first. I went. I had two Christmas parties. I got drunk in one, and the other one I hosted, and everybody like had a great time. I won a shit ton of money playing games, dice games, card games. I, I walked out like over a hundred bucks up. So that was my whole fucking weekend. <laughs> Merry <laughs> fucking Christmas. Merry At least Christmas. you holding it down for the bank, bros. See, hey, that's a real you know, bank, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real bank, bro. Put that noise in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. In, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. So. That's all. Your your fifteen was much more interesting. That is dramatic as fuck. I love it. I love the drama. 
See, but I oh, just love I love your dad life. Uh, it's it's pretty great. It's one thing because you're I'm going through it, so it's hard for me to sit back and go like I have a great life, but I know I do. But it's just like it's how do I even ex- just explain this shit? Like I just do things because it feels right as a dad. I I I grind and I grind and I do shit around the house and I try to raise these kids up and teach them and whatever. So. You know, the, the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, it's, I you know, I come on the show and it's, you know, all the fun and game stories, but, you know, it's a lot of hard work, too, and it's, you know, we, a lot of bills to pay and money troubles and fucking kids lying to you and doing everything. It's <laughs> not, And now my son just got his first cell phone over the weekend, oh, so that's a that's whole... That's going to be fun. Oh, my God. And I mean, that's a whole other scenario, and, like, you know, we got the daughter, like, a smartwatch, so we, she can keep, you know, track of us, and she's already texting us during school and shit. And I'm just like, dude, like I'm already getting to the point now where my kids have their own technology. And I'm like, here's the next phase of fatherhood for me is, you know, I'm going to blink and they're going to be teenagers and holy fucking shit. That's going to be, I swear Sully was just crawling on me. Right. You know what I mean? He's going to be 11 this year, man. Like if he crawl on me now, he'll knee me in the head. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He can practically ball now. So like, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I'm not worried about them, but it's just like when you say like dad life, it's like those are things I have to worry about. I had to blink and go, how the fuck did I get here? Like, oh my god, like I'm just trying to keep shit together. So yeah. it's fun, but the work is real. The work is very real. But mm. like we talked about, it's work for me because I want it to be. It's something that I've always wanted. It's something that I did not have growing up. So I work even harder to make their lives memorable with their father in their life you know everybody loves mom that's easy but for dad you know that's i'm i have no playbook you know my my wife has an amazing family she learned from an incredible mother and i learned from an incredible mother too but the father part i'm making up as i go it's it's, i'm writing the book myself so it's crazy shit about it because you're really the only father figure you can really that's it pull ideas from because you're the only one you've seen really exactly yeah. The only one I see in action is myself. So, you know, it's fucking crazy. And when it's your time, I have no doubt you will fucking nail it. I just, I just hope that it is the situation that you've always wanted. Now, this one seems a little dicey, but it doesn't mean it's going to end up dicey. It could be a, the most wonderful thing you just don't see coming yet. That's Maybe. the thing about it. You Maybe. never know. You never yeah. know. Be open to it. But, like, you know, once it's your time, I have no doubt you'll knock it out of the park, dude. You you care so fucking much. So that's really all it is to it. Just fucking care and be there. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to yeah, do. The rest, the rest falls into place. If I don't care about it, I'm not doing it. Exactly. I know I don't. If <laughs> I care about it, you ain't got to ask me to do it. Exactly. See? You're already on the right path. You got this, dude. But one thing at a time. Let's get that fucking DNA test first because y'all Let's be make sure trifling. Exactly. Let's... Confirm there's actually a fetus. Confirm you are the father. Then we go from there. Nothing before that. That's just mm-hmm. a little dicey for me. But anyway, maybe we should start the show for you have a total existential crisis. In the and first I started laying minutes of the show. here with my head back right. <laughs> on my couch. And I'm just talking to you from that angle the right. rest of the time. Because just pondering your life. <sighs> it's yeah. going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Time, but... <laughs> Let's get the show rolling. Let's roll it! One, two, three! 
I had to drink some water for that one. That shit was steamy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Speaking of steamy, welcome to the Bank Bro Show. Your steamy Ooh. content of the week, I guess. Now, <laughs> like a small soap opera, just on your your Spotify and your YouTube. It's great. In case you forgot, that guy's Ryan having a total crisis right now, but he's gonna be just fine. My name is Siege. We are the you know chocolate and caramel swirl that you need to start your weekend or get through your work day. So. It's a lot of flavor on this show. You get a little bit of everything, especially this is episode 51, folks. Next week is the one-year extravaganza of the Bank Bro Show, and that's going to be plenty of flavor for that show, too. So make sure you come right back here next week. We got some surprises and fun in store for you, all booked up, ready to go. It's going to be great. In the meantime, this week's episode, you're getting all the football shit you want because this news has been going nuts. In the last few days, today even, a few hours ago, I mean, my God, we won't get into all the, the Black Monday hirings and firings and shit, but, like, some of these coaching names that have been let go are pretty fucking shocking, if you ask me. At least a couple of them. Like, Mike Vrabel? Whew, what the hell? Tennessee lets Mike Vrabel go, and I just don't understand it, and it doesn't seem like anybody gets it. There's really no reason for it. The guy is successful. The Titans were, like, contenders in the AFC the entire time he's been there. I I don't know why you let someone like that go. Mm-mm. Doesn't um, make a lot of sense. The players clearly respected him, right. clearly played for him, and that team, I don't care what anyone says, they overperformed this year. Absolutely. I don't, yeah, they weren't good, but no, I, I expected them to be shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but the fact did. that they still had a chance to win the division at a certain point in the season, is fucking nuts because this exactly. team's talent is not good. Gone. With um, the names they have on that team, it's still pretty shocking. I mean, even bringing in like DeAndre Hopkins and having someone like Derrick Henry on the team, like it just didn't work out the way it's supposed to. But like you said, they compete every fucking game. Yes. They're always in it. So I don't know. Losing Vrabel is huge. The news earlier today about Pete Carroll getting let go as a head coach, and now I guess he's staying as an yep. advisor for the Seahawks, which – I mean, cool for him. I know Pete Carroll's getting a little up there now. He's, what, 74, 75? Like, looks he's great, getting though. up there. He looks great. You would never tell. He's got a shit ton of energy, more mm-hmm. than I'll ever have. But now, you know, someone who was with the Seattle Seahawks for, what, what 14 years? Like, got him a Super Bowl, almost had him two Super Bowls. Sorry, Marshawn. Yep. But, oh, fuck. God, you know, like, shit's gone through. College football, Nick Saban up and retired out of nowhere. Most, the winningest college football coach ever. Like, gone. So weird. So, I don't know. The name, you expect certain names to be let go. We saw Ron Rivera go from Washington and, and things like that. But, like, certain ones you knew were going to be done. But some of these last ones, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, these are some big-name coaches leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sometimes I, okay, Ron Rivera, I understand. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, I, I get it. They they were shit. I get it. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. The only one that really makes me scratch my head is Mike Vrabel. Yeah, because um, I don't get it. I don't know if they realize like coaches aren't built like that. Like they don't grow off trees like that. Oh, tell me about it. They really fucking don't. You, know, you so, can go to Chicago and swing a miss on forty guys in three years, but oh, and then they stick to this one guy that isn't even that good. I'll I'll get into the Bears in a second because I have a few thoughts yeah. about that. But, yeah, I mean, Mike Vrabel is somebody who's going to get a coaching job so fucking fast. I'm surprised he's not already signed already. Like, Yeah, uh, if I'm the Bears, I'm firing Mike uh, 
I said, Mike, what the fuck's his name? I don't even know his name. <laughs> Eberflus? Hi, Eberflus. I'm giving me a Mike Vrabel, man. I'm getting right? me a Mikey V. <laughs> but he's probably going to end up in New England because Belichick might just quit. <laughs> exactly. I, I that think bitch that's like the, Stone Cold. Right, which I wouldn't blame him. I mean, no, Belichick's had nothing to prove. So No, nothing. I think Vrabel actually would be a very good fit in New England. They, He's a player's coach. They play for the shit for him. So. Yeah. And um, yeah. real quick, before we get off this topic, I think Dan Quinn is going to go to Seattle or back to Seattle. I can see that, too. Um, I was seeing that. He was which, a D coordinator there. You guys didn't know when they won the Super Bowl. That's right. Coordinator. Um, and, I mean, they need a head coach because Pete Carroll's the GM now or some shit like that, right? He's like an advisor, like a special advisor. counsel. He's the Jerry right. West for the Lakers. Exactly. But yeah. they're just going to pay him to just kind of chill out. That's really about what that means. Pay him to tell you who's good. Exactly. Which, I'll take that shit. I can oh, use yeah. that advice. Jerry, yeah. You know who Jerry West said was good? Shea Gilgis Alexander. Woo! Nailed it. But, yeah. <laughs> but who's counting, right? God. Yeah. Meanwhile... As my man alluded to here, you have other teams like the Chicago Bears who Uh-oh. I'm not going to get into a long rant about this because, honest to God, this is going to be a long offseason for the Chicago Bears. And we are going to hear every freaking soundbite in every scenario, every draft possibility from here until April. I already fucking know it. The combine's coming. All the shit's going to happen. And the Bears, by all rights, are going to just hold on to that number one spot until, like, draft night. And then make a splash. They've already kind of said it publicly today, saying you can call us for it and make your pitch, but they're in no rush, except for coaching. They have decided to keep Matt Eberflus, and I have ranted on this show for a lot of episodes of how I feel about Eberflus and how I don't know why we're rewarding somebody who has won, like, single digits in two years. Don't get it. How we just keep getting smacked by the Packers, the one job you're supposed to do, that we bring you in for, like it's no big deal. Lost to the Packers' his last game, like it was no big deal. Just another shellacking. The Bears still suck. I had to hear all the fucking chants again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Siege. You got to get into that play calling, though. Just what the fuck was that? The third <laughs> quarter. Was it the third quarter? It was where, the third quarter. Where Fields didn't even attempt a pass? Not one pass in the third quarter. Every play was a fucking handoff under center for three yards. Why are we keeping this guy? Why are we keeping this guy? Now, here's the kicker. Ironically, the Bears decided to get rid of Luke Getze. And I threw a fucking parade. I ran down my street butt naked. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Getze had to fucking go. However, here's a catch. The Bears got rid of the entire offensive coaching staff. And practically the defensive coaching staff, too. So all these coaches that Eberflus either specifically hired himself or had a say in hiring. It was These are his hand-picked guys. This is his staff. They all lose their jobs for one reason or another, but you keep the guy who brought them in? What? I don't understand the point of this. And now the Chicago Bears are back on the same fucking carousel that we have been doing mind-numbingly for like 30 years now, where we'll either keep Fields or we'll let him go and draft Caleb Williams, and then we get new coordinators, and then Caleb Williams is going to shit the bed because we never actually built up the team around him like we need to, and then you get rid of the coach and get him another coach, and he has to learn a second offense in his second year, and the coordinators get canned, and then round and round we go. It's a joke. You forgot the part part where Justin Fields becomes a pro bowler? Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that because I will cry. The part where he gets traded to Atlanta and 
falls the fuck out and shows you that Chicago is the problem, not Fields, which we all know that. Even the people who don't like Fields and are Bears fans understand that he's probably going to go and ball somewhere else. Like, it's not that he's going to go suck somewhere else. It's always like, send him somewhere that he actually has a real offense, and we're going to be eating our fucking balls here. So he has weapons in Atlanta if he goes there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine him in pits in London? Like, Bijan? Like, what? Bijan and Algier? What? And Cordell Patterson? Triple, quadruple rushing threat with fields in that? And then you have unicorns like Pitts and London with somebody who's actually going to know how to use them for once. Maybe who the fuck knows in Atlanta? Like, I don't know when the last time Justin Fields played with, you know what I'm saying? Like the weapons that tall on exactly. the perimeter. And I don't know if he has jump balls. All right. That's all he has to do. So I'm just, it makes us look like a joke. And yes, I get it. I understand a part of why we bring Eberflus back. We did improve. The defense, once we got Montez Sweat in, which I still think it mostly is him, not necessarily Eberflus, but the defense okay. did perform well down the stretch. We got there. The record did improve. I get it. We had three wins last year. We had seven wins this year. Mm-hmm. I get it. Those are some answers to why I would imagine keeping him. And even I said, like, I was getting to a point where if you kept all three, Eberflus, Getsy, and Fields again, and just run it back with more weapons, I understand the consistency part. I didn't like it but they're kind of in a vice of their own making right now. But that is a very low fucking bar. Very low bar. And at the end of the day, it's still like single fucking digit wins. I'm sorry, double digits. Ten wins in two years. I guess the division, trash record. So, like, if we can't even beat the teams we're supposed to be beating, and we can't even compete and look good in our own division, why are you keeping the guy at the helm? Other than the fact that players like him, and they played for him. That's lovely. You would hope your players want to play for the coach, but there's a there's playing for him and there's respecting him, and I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing in Chicago. They'll play, they enjoy his personality. He's a nice guy. He interviews well. He has great conferences, but like he's clearly overmatched as a head coach. Now again, if he was a DC, I take that. There's not a coach that's ever going to take a step down and say I'm just going to be a DC, but as a head coach, he's not the guy. He's just not the guy. And now we have put ourselves in a position to royally fuck up the number one draft pick again. We did great last season. This time, since the quarterback is in question, we might overthink this and really fuck this up because you gave Flus the job this quickly. You could have let this play out a little bit longer. And I know you have to fire your head coach before you interview a new one, but like they, this was such a fast decision. Like, we're not even talking to anybody? Did you guys even call Harbaugh? Because Kevin Warren, the president of the Bears, said he didn't even call. He didn't pick up the phone. Why wouldn't you call him? At least get him, at least make him an offer. Something. But no, he said, Bruce is the guy. Let's keep going. Whew. Like, like what, what did you see? What Bad did scientists. you see? Bad scientists. I, I don't get it. I don't want to keep ranting about it because you guys have heard me blow my own head off on this fucking subject. My team is a dumpster fire. I don't care if we got seven wins or not. We lost four major fucking games we should have won. And if that was the case, we'd be in the playoffs right now. And this story would be a little bit different. I'd still be a little, mm, but that's a mega improvement. But no, all we showed this year was we are very competent at blowing games we should not be blowing. And that is a 100% coaching problem. We'll see what happens. Again, it's a long offseason for us. The playoffs are here. 
That's what I want to focus on. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the Bears are doing more Bears shit. And I'm just, I can't keep doing it and keep my sanity. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I understand it's football. This is not a difficult decision. These are not difficult decisions to make when your franchise and your fans are screaming for change. And we're just going, "Mm, no, I think we're good. We're fine. We still got money. We're good. I think we'll, we'll change the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback's clearly the problem here. It's it's fine. Like, but it's, I don't know. It's like you said. It's such an easy decision to make. You I stay at number so. one, and you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. There you go. I have a little scenarios why? where they go like go down to like two or three, and still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Give it or whoever th- wants that Caleb Williams, come and get him. Give us a haul. Let me go down to two. I'm hoping it's like Patriots or like Commanders, and we stay in that two or three spot. And we still get our guy, and we get more picks. That's the way to fucking do it. It's not I, that hard. I think Marvin Harrison is the best player in this draft, and 100%. I don't even think it's close. I don't either. I think, I think Marvin Harrison is worth the number one pick. And I, I think do too. I, and you said something earlier, Siege. This is twenty twenty four. I think the wide receiver position is being undervalued. Mm. I think a star wide wide receiver in today's game can make the same impact a franchise quarterback can make. Oh, look yeah, the, we'll get into that in just a little bit, too. But you're absolutely right. For example, the Eagles, A.J. Brown, Boom. they went to the Super Bowl. First year they had him. He's a true number one receiver. Absolutely. Um. So, I don't know, man. I, I think the Bears are tripping. Just take Marvin Harrison. Don't right. take too hard. And that's my Even thing. Even if you is, keep Eberflus, just fucking take Marvin Harrison, Jr. Right. There's really no problem with it. And if we took him at number one, I'd have no issue with it. Like, I get it. He's that good. But. My dream scenario is we just move down one or two spots and just get some more for this number one, just because yeah. the, again, the idea is if you get the number one spot, it's because you're never supposed to be back at that spot. And the fact that we did it two years in a row locked up is absolutely asinine. And somehow we're going to be the only franchise to pull that off and get nothing to show for it. <laughs> That's where my deep, you talk about existential dread. That's what my dread is, is that we are going to be the lap. We're already laughing stock, but we're going to be like a royal one after we fuck this up. Because right now, it sounds like we're fucking it up. And holy crap, it stresses me the fuck out. But anyway, let's talk about some successful teams, you know, and review the NFL season. Because like we said, playoffs are starting this Saturday. We got a lot to talk about with that one. But let's review the season in general. Let's look back. Like you said, go way back in the Maybach. Did I get it right this Oof, time? Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, Ryan and I decided to come up with a few awards for some outstanding players. Look at some teams that might have been, you know, Yay. surprising, disappointing, that kind of thing. And we're going to give out what I'm calling the Bank Bros Season Awards, the BBs. And we got three apiece. So, uh, good sir, what is your first award you want to hand out? The first ever award in BB's history (laughs) is named the Harriet Tubman Award. (laughs) Why, you may ask? I do ask why. (laughs) Because this will go to the player who needs to be freed from his team as soon as possible. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
And this goes to none other than Mr. Saquon Barkley himself. Oh, yes. Lord, sir, please yes. have mercy on his soul. Oh, Lord. Can Wait, New York just let this man go? He played under the franchise tag for you. Mm. Got hurt on your watch. Badly. On the franchise tag. On your ass. That's Just right. for you to be ass. Worse than ever. <laughs> please, free this man. Let him go. Boy, Harriet Tubman did the slaves oh that's fantastic it's fantastic the guy is such a weapon oh and he just, my lord his whole prime is just being wasted and that's absolutely so sad. Oh. it's so sad trade him to chicago how about chicago trade for him right how about they do that and they they still keep the number one pick somehow i'll take it we because the they have another too. first round pick right you guys have another first round pick one and nine sir we can absolutely make that happen. Pick. whoa i'll take sake one every day and twice on tuesday so fuck yeah dude Oof. Let him go. I love it. That's a wonderful award. <laughs> My first award, I am calling the Who the Fuck is This Guy Award. And <laughs> that's going to go to Mr. Puka Nakua. Oh, because who the fuck is Puka Nakua? You know his <laughs> name now. But coming into this, where the fuck did this guy come from? That was a day three pick. That was the 20th receiver off the board and he still hits a thousand yard season which is more than pretty much any receiver before him in this draft it's kind of nuts so out of nowhere he goes to the rams stafford loves him immediately and it did help a little bit that cooper cup was out but nakua is the real fucking deal he is a total threat wherever you play him he's only getting started the only real thing he's got is some drops he's got to deal with but it wasn't a ton but you know He's only going to improve from here. It's his first year. The value they got for that pick is absolute highway robbery. And as you see, and we'll see later, Rams are in the fucking playoffs. And he's a big reason why. He is a consistent heavyweight player who I think is going to be their guy for years to come. It's a wonderful thing. So, yeah, when fantasy started and someone had him on the team, I said, who the fuck is this guy? And he kicked Ugh. everyone's ass all season long. And I know you won you some championships out there. Not like mine, but definitely like yours. So, congratulations, Puka. What an amazing season for him. And hopefully, he can keep it going, too. Yeah. Um, you, you guys remember when I came on the show and I said, Matthew Stafford's over here throwing the dudes from, uh, you know, the NCAA game that you recruit. Right. Exactly. A randomly generated <laughs> name that you just recruit on NCAA 07. Right. After your players graduate. Wait, who the fuck You're is rebuilding a fucking... <laughs> Academy and shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so accurate, though. You see John Smith. <laughs> like, what the? Okay. Well, now he's got a thousand cool. yards. Yeah, he's definitely from like Hawaii or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all Hawaiian. But that's the thing. It's like, well, since when do Hawaiian players do that well? Like, like surprisingly well. So, no bullshit. Because normally they're, for the most part, they're either on defense. Yeah. Like Troy Palomalu. Right. Like, like the Pacific Islander people. Exactly. Or they're on the lines. Yeah, exactly. But like a straight up receiver. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you, kid. Like, go get yours, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know Heinz Ward is a uh, half Korean, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? But that's the thing is we're talking a handful of people. So that's yeah, yeah man. Good for him. I'm very yes, impressed. Sir. Very impressed. Go ahead with your second one, sir. All right. All right. So this next award is named the Ray Charles Award. Oh, my God. <laughs> because people just can't seem to see that these guys can ball. Mm, I love it. That, so that like Ray Charles sense. can't see, people can't see their talent. 
<laughs> I like how you had to explain it more. <laughs> Everyone knows who Ray Charles is. And this shit. goes oh to none other than the man himself. He is known as the Sun God Amon Ra St. Brown. <laughs> I knew he was going to get one of these awards. I Why it. do I he say this, to. people? Why do I say this? Well, check this out. Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm going to read you his stats. Uh-oh. 119 receptions, mm. 1,515 yards, Crazy. 10 touchdowns. Crazy. Did not make the Pro Bowl. That shit is bananas. Absolutely right. Did rival. not make the Pro Bowl. You know how many guys had more receiving yards than uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in the league? Mm. Just two. You know who they were? Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb. Right. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> what is the issue here, guys? What do you have to do? What do you have to do? He had more receiving yards and receptions than Puka Nukua. Not trying to throw shade, but Puka Nukua made the Pro Bowl. I'm just trying to put it in That's perspective. That's very true. For people. That's very true. He had more catches and yards than AJ Brown. He also had more touchdowns than both of them. Mm. He had more touchdowns. I mean, not touchdowns. He had more receptions and yards than Mike Evans, who was mm. the third receiver on the NFC team. Obviously, right. the one above him, CeeDee Lamb, made the Pro Bowl, which rightfully so, he should have. As he should. As he should. But all I'm saying is, yo. How do you ignore these stats? <laughs> I don't get Almost it. 120 yards, 1,500, I mean, 120 catches, 1,500 yards. Like, what the? F- Y'all skipped that and went right to, oh, 1,400 is very good. Mm, Mike Evans had, <laughs> not trying to throw shade on Mike Evans, but Mike Evans had 1,200. Right. The That's... difference between that and 15. Massive. Massive Accept this award, Sun God. Accept this award. There you go. Well deserved, of course. Our awards are more prestigious than that anyway. So I'm sure he would appreciate that. And I was pissed off when DJ Moore didn't get the Pro Bowl, but <laughs> I was way more like, how did Amon Ross St. Brown not? That's the one where I go, what are you missing? And a reminder Detroit has double digit wins and in, in a mega playoff spot right now. Like, so St. Brown is one of the biggest reasons that they are in a spot they were in hosting a playoff game. The Rams are not hosting a playoff game, but Puka's in and St. Brown's not? Like I don't get the I don't get it's the okay. math here. The math ain't mathing. It's okay. On Sunday, they're gonna find out. Oh, I can't wait for that preview. You're, you're gonna lose your minds. <laughs> they're gonna find out. They'll find out. All right. My second award, I'm calling this the Lay the Pipe Award. Whew. Innuendo Whew. is absolutely intended. <laughs> and I'm late. I'm I'm calling it that because if you don't know what lay the pipe means, we'll just say it means you know how to lay the wood, the thickness, stroke, the thunder, stroke, the bass stroke. And I'm giving it. I'm actually making it a co-winner. I'm giving it to Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns defense mm. because those motherfuckers lay the pipe on mm. every fucking team they have played this season. The Browns defense is the best in the league, and it has been for a long time now. They're crazy. And I know Garrett has some injuries, and they were number one in the league with him, and when he was injured, they were still top five. So, like, Garrett is just the icing on top. I kind of am expecting a Defensive Player of the Year award for him this year. They have been playing out of their minds. They have been punishing QBs. They've been punishing offensive coordinators. And Kevin Stefanski looks like a fucking genius this year. It's kind of nuts. And in turn, with how the defense has been playing, it brought Joe Flacco back from the dead just to match the energy because the Browns knew 
they had something this year. They were something was clicking, and I know they didn't have Deshaun Watson, and everything was going a little nuts. But the Browns have fucking rallied, and now they're in a playoff spot with intending to actually upset some of these other teams. It's kind of nuts. And if Flacco can pull that off, trust me, it's because the defense is making his job easy. That's all it's going to take. It's just the defense doing their job, and that unit is tremendous. And the last time, it honestly reminds me, and I can't remember what year it was. It was only a few years ago. It was Jacksonville when their Mm -hmm. defense was Mm -hmm. murderers. They were destroying everyone. And I remember they played the Steelers in the fucking first round and mollywhopped them. That was a defense I said, they have nothing on that offense that that defense like can't do much more. Thank you. That was Bortles doing that shit. And that defense was getting it done for him. So this reminds me a lot of that kind of team where don't sleep on Cleveland. If Flacco has a ring, people, don't forget that. I know he hasn't been a starter in a while. He's been kind of a journeyman doing his thing. And Flacco in the playoffs, yeah. In the playoffs is when Joe Flacco plays his best. Exactly. He knows the assignment in the playoffs here. So – Cleveland is that one team I'm kind of side-eyeing going like, you may not want to see them right now. They're they're playing pretty fucking great. So we'll see. We'll see. But I definitely think an award, even if that whole defense can't get an award in real life, they can get a BB for sure. Mm -hmm. They they fucking earned it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, sir, how about your final award? My third and final award is more straightforward. Yeah. It's called the Biggest Balls Award. (laughs) <laughs> I think we're on a theme here, yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes And this okay. obviously goes to The coach, team, player Person Who has the biggest balls Cajones And that's none other than Motor City Dan Campbell Woo! None Motor other Dan than Campbell. Motor City, man Fucking love that's Dan Campbell That's how you fucking win, man <laughs> <laughs> that's, spot, that's a spot on impersonation Spot on Tremendous. <laughs> hey, man, that guy. was tremendous, man. That was the best special teams positioning I've ever seen in my life, man. <laughs> That's perfect. Did you do that in the mirror? You practice that in the mirror, don't you? <laughs> man, I cry watching these videos because I oh. when's the last time the Lions been this? Man, Dan Campbell is a miracle worker. I'm not going to even sugarcoat that. This man, th- look, this man went for it. Went for two, three times in a row. Doesn't matter to him. <laughs> he is the epitome of play to fucking win. He doesn't give a fuck. He went no for fucks. two the first time. It gets called back on a penalty. Backed up five yards. Do it he again. takes it again. Goes Let's for go. two again. Gets the fucking <laughs> penalty. Gets pushed up again. Goes for two again. And then obviously, we don't get it. Fuck nope. the Cowboys. <laughs> but Dan Campbell. But I love it. I love it. Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, outside of the Cleveland Browns, are the only two teams in the top 10 in the NFL as far as fourth down attempts. Mm. What does that tell you? The Lions go for it as much as a bad team does when they're behind in late games. There you go. And the Lions are where? Number three in the... Okay. Come accept this big-ass trophy of (laughs) testicles. Motor City, Dan Campbell. Just a giant ball. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely true. I fucking love Dan Campbell. Everything about him, that dude has brought so much energy to that franchise. I hope he gets to be the coach for a long fucking time. Clearly, the results are real. Clearly, there's something really cooking in Detroit. Like, See, see, that's when you know you got a coach. Yes. What does that feel like? I want to know. Because I don't know. 
Even when you lose games, like you're happy. Right. You know the last time I felt that way? Lovey Smith. I don't know. Oh, my God. Lovey Smith, dude. That's when I was like, shit, we lost, but we took a piece of their soul with them. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never. You played the Bears. You weren't the same after playing Lovey. So. Yeah, no, for real. That's how I feel because, like, we'll lose. And I'm like, yeah, we lost, but St. Brown had 150 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> exactly. Like, when you, when you lose with that kind of coach, you can clearly point out the X, Y, and Z of what happened. We lost because of this, this, and this. That's it. Then you diagnose it. A good coach gets right back in the film room. You fix the mistakes. You improve the next week. That's what real coaches do. That's what Dan Campbell does every fucking week. When they lose, when they get punched in the mouth like you did to Baltimore, yeah. when they get punched in the mouth, they come back swinging. That's yeah. big. That's great coaching. That's all we want. I just want, I just want a competent coach. I just, <laughs> I didn't think see, I was like, asking too much. See, like, like I know how you feel because that's how I felt with Matt Patricia. Like when you oh, lose, you're like Lord, you're like I don't even know how to fix this team. Right, everything went wrong. Everything <laughs> went wrong. All of how do you fix all of it? How do you fix all of it? The whole thing's a problem. Just hit reset, remove the memory card, delete right. all this shit. Fucking blowing the cartridge. That's how old I am. But that <laughs> shit, it's just like that. When you have no answers, or when you're like Matt Nagy and you just have the same cookie cutter answer, I gotta find out the whys. Motherfucker, find out the whys on these balls. Like, that's just not coaching. That's you making excuses. So, for someone like Dan Campbell, who I've watched when he's joined the Lions, I said, This is a man that does not make excuses. This is a man that has conviction and believes what he says. He's not just spitting fucking sound bites, he's telling his players, he's telling his men. Here's what's going to happen. We have the talent in this room. We have everything we need to win these games and be a champion. We don't need anybody else but what's in this room. I respect the fuck out of that. So, yes, go Dan Campbell. I hope he wins real awards. I hope he wins coach of the year. He probably won't, but I think he should. Like, Lions are playing out of their minds, which is yeah, amazing. It could be him. It could be D'Amico Ryans. Uh, there's a lot of guys that could be it. I feel like it's probably Stefanski, but we'll see. And it's only yeah. just because, good that's lord. That's boring you know? pick in my opinion. I know. That's why I was like, can I get someone other than the obvious pick? But or it's like fine. Kyle Shanahan or something. Right. Like, oh, yeah, great. Like, which is funny because they're bringing me to my final award, which I'm calling just the true MVP award. Because <laughs> fuck <laughs> what Goodell said. Hey, we've been kind of on the same path. Yeah. You know? I like same, it. I like how this played same out. Same wavelength. I like it. Uh, because again, we talk about this before, and I'm saying I'm sick to death of MVP having to be a quarterback. And so this is another split one for me. The true MVP award, I have 50-50 given to Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Both of them. Because I know the league won't do it themselves. So here you go, guys. Share this BB award, this giant one, whatever you want to imagine it looks like. But the point of the matter is both of these guys. Ooh, it'd be a goat. Oh, it's even better. I love it. Just a gold goat. That's, that's amazing. Both of those players were so good that the time on a tradition of a QB being an MVP was in question for the first time in a long fucking time. To the point where we had to debate that shit for weeks of saying, why aren't they considered MVP worthy after all that bullshit? But if you didn't watch these guys, McCaffrey, rushing leader, second in touchdowns overall, more first downs than any other back by far. The guy was just carving people up and by all rights this was an average year for McCaffrey these weren't like his greatest numbers ever especially as a receiving back he's actually done a lot better as a receiving back this year they downplayed a little bit 
They use the receivers a little bit more like receivers, and McCaffrey's been the go-to guy on the field. But, like, McCaffrey hasn't been that total dual threat like he has been in the past, which is kind of bonkers because he's been destroying teams. So, like, the fact that he's not doing his number one all-time numbers and he's still this fucking good, again, MVP. How are you not an MVP candidate? How are you not the front runner? And same goes for Tyreek. If Tyreek didn't get hurt, I 100% guarantee he would have broke Vega Tri's record. I I guarantee he would have happened. Because yeah, he has – it's just the way the season – he has one extra yeah. game. Like, it was good, it was going to happen. He was already on pace for it. In fact, we said a weeks ago, he was on pace to hit 2,000 yards before that, that final extra game that was going to happen. So, like, yeah. he would have put that to bed without any asterisk, too. But he did get hurt, so he lost a little bit, but no problem. The point is, point blank, that dude had over, like, four yards per route run, which is just insane. They had on an average, consistent basis for a receiver. The yeah, guy was 1,700 yards. Exactly, just insane, insane yards. He completely transforms the Miami offense. He significantly makes Tua a better quarterback in every metric. I think Tua's average, like, QBR, it's like 20 points higher with Tyreek on the field than it is without him. So, like, that to me, again, if you take Tua, I'm sorry, if you take Tyreek off the Dolphins, it's a different team. I'm not saying anything bad about Waddle or, you know, Mozart went nuts this year and Sean went nuts this year. Like, without Tyreek, they aren't the contender that they're trying to be right now. So, again, co-MVP, whatever you want to call it, true MVPs, they won't give it to them because of tradition or ego, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, it needs to be those two guys. One of the two, if not both. Fuck it. I know it won't be, but damn it, you can have a BB, guys. Wait a... This mm. season for both of them was tremendous, and they fucking deserve it. Chris McCaffrey personally had my vote, but I agree with your stance. Oh, sure. A quarterback should not win the award this year. They really shouldn't. No, it's only not this fucking year. This has been the quarterback graveyard this year. Look, How are you giving anybody... Lamar, other than Lamar... Lamar's had a great year. Sure. But Let's be real. His numbers, when you look at them, they're not great. They're good, no. but they're not yeah. great. Right. Um, there's guys ahead of him in passing categories. Yep. Um, he's probably a middle of the pack passer. Um, but when you watch him play, that's when you're like, okay, he's MVP on the field. Exactly. But by the numbers, because when you're MVP of the league, numbers are a factor. Yep. They just true. are. That's how it's always been. Yep. That's the way it is. You you have to show it on the field, your numbers have to be big, and your team has to win. All those Absolutely. things have to be true, and I think that stands with Christian McCaffrey. I would agree with that, especially because Tyreek had the injury and missed a couple games. Like, with McCaffrey, like, yeah, he's been the epitome of, like, consistent, absolute weapon. So, yeah, if I had to say not a co-award, it's CMC. If I could mm-hmm. give it, since it's our awards anyway, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, give it to yeah, both yeah. just because I think Tyreek mm-hmm. did an amazing job too. But mm-hmm. I definitely I feel agree. that. So, I mean, speaking of since we're in the playoffs mix here, I think we can get into some more reminiscing. We'll look at our playoff predictions we had at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look at kind of how playoffs look now and make some bold predictions. But before all that, it's been a <laughs> few weeks, but I have one of my world famous PSAs. Woo! And this one's a quick one. And it only stems from that Christmas party I had. And here it is. If you're invited to a party and the host has what I would consider Top shelf spirits, top shelf liquor. Do not assume the top shelf is for you, especially the stuff in the decanter or the nice bottles, the expensive bottles. 
it's not that it's not a cheap thing, but at least ask if you can get to the top shelf stuff. And even if you do, if you if you decide just to bypass all that and just go for it, you know, bonsai, at least leave your host a taste. That's all I'm saying. Had the party, and my family is all here. Amazing time. We had a great, great time. Everyone's feeling good. I woke up the next day. I can't remember how the fuck the night even ended because we were fucking throwing them back. <laughs> but I wake up the next day and I kind of go, you know, clean up some stuff around my house, look at my liquor cabinet. I'm like, oh, that's empty. Oh, oh, that's empty too. Wait, did they? We drank all this shit. Did they drink this too? Oh my god, my decanter's empty. They drank all my good scotch. They drank my expensive whiskey and left me with the bottom shelf shit. And I was like, you sons of, I love you guys. And this is just not for my family. It's for everybody else out there. The same situation. If you go to a place, just ask if the top shelf can be, you know, partaken in. Partook? Partaken? Either way. Make sure you don't just assume that the good shit is for you. I might have some real good medium stuff for you that you might really like. It won't set me back a couple hundred bucks. But that's (laughs) either here nor there. But be good in that scenario. And that's the PSA. And it's completed. Mm, It was beautiful. I'm still looking at my empty bottle right now. My my crystal decanter. Fuck those that had, guys. That had my very special scotch is very, very fucking empty. Not a drop left. They licked the entire side of the bottle. So, Oh, my. It must have been great. It, I, I break that scotch out for very special occasions, like a job promotion or who the fuck knows. But it's fine. It can be replaced. But y'all mm-hmm. some animals. <laughs> I love you. We do some it's animals. Fine. It can be replaced as you're loading up your mag and throwing that yeah. shit in your piece. Yep. <laughs> it can be replaced. <laughs> it's family. I can't I can't trip about it, but I was Run like, that shit. Damn. You owe me, motherfucker. Run that shit. Not my not my good stuff. Not my <laughs> good stuff. Drink the seagrams. I don't care. Not the scotch. Oh uh, man. Jameson, animals. cool. Fuck it. Fuck it. That's what I buy it for. <laughs> My good, my my hundred and twenty dollar bottle of scotch, God, mm. not tripping. Anyway, let's look back at our playoff predictions that we had at the beginning of the season. I'm gonna pull mine up. Do you have your image on you? Otherwise, I can pull up yours yes. as well. Perfect. We can, I, I can pull yours up too. I have yours, so Perfect. we can look at them together. Yes, sir. Want to look at yours first? Let's look at mine first because mine was a little more uh, controversial than yours. I would say. So, Are you sure? Uh. Controversial with who I had getting to the finals at this point. <laughs> well, back oh, then, we're back. Back, yes. Back we'll, then, we'll I there. thought yours was pretty chalk. Yeah, I mean, I thought yours was too for a while. You know, you had a couple like whoa, and then the rest yeah. of them, I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just gonna go down the line here. I had the Eagles in the NFC being number one seed, followed by the Niners at number two, Lions at number three, Saints at four, Seahawks at five, Cowboys at six. And, of course, the Vikings at seven. On the AFC side, I had the Chiefs at number one. Uh, Bills were at number two. That was like, ah! And then three for the Bengals, four for the Jags, five for the Ravens, six for the Dolphins, and seven were the Jets, which is hilarious looking back now, but here we are. And happy to say that out of all those picks, I got eight right. Not eight bad. right so far. Not bad. Not bad. How about you, sir? Shit. <laughs> Mine is all types of fucked up, man. I'll be honest with you. On, on the NFC side, number one seed, I had Philly. Mm-hmm. Number two, I had Detroit Lions. Number three, I had the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, man. <laughs> this is where it gets fucked up. 
Yeah, I thought that was cool, but uh, that's number four, I had the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I'm saying. Number five, I had the 49ers. Number six, I had the Vikings. And guess who I had? Number seven. Mm. Then Washington Commanders. Uh, you were <laughs> all about the Commanders. I, I remember was. that distinctly. I was. And then that was your sneaky they pick. just shipped everybody away. And I'm, yeah. That whole thing fell apart so fucking fast. They it's traded fun. away their two best edge rushers for whatever Thank reason. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Washington. We love Sweat. Can you, <laughs> side note, you know Sweat is the only player to lead in sacks on two different teams in the same yeah, year? Yeah, I've seen that shit. That's just fucking crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's insane. He's such a great player. Oh, he is. Fucking love that guy. Go on. All right. In the uh, AFC, number one, I had the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course. Number two, I had the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, number three, I had... This is going to be hilarious. The New York football Jets. <laughs> I think they would have won the division if Aaron Rodgers played. I believe that in my heart. I, really I know do. you do. I still think it was bullshit, but that's okay. I, I am a way more biased about the whole thing, I think, than you are. Even though we both can't stand the guy, but I'm like, yeah, I want to hey, get I, no chance. I see the vision. I really see the vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I don't know if anyone watches wide receivers just play. Um but he's man, Garrett Wilson is—he's a route running god. Um, number four, I had the weak ass Jacksonville Jaguars. Woo! I had no idea the Houston Texans were going to be this good. I had no idea. None of us did. None of us did. Um, number five, I had the Buffalo Bills. Hey. Number six, I had the Cincinnati Bengals, and number seven, I had them L.A. Chargers. Oh man, I think that's the saddest one of them all. Yeah. Damn, Chargers. That's it's, great. It's not. It's not a talent issue with them. It's not. It's really fucking not. But, yeah, Chargers are in flux at the very least. And, I mean, this man, of course, has the Ravens winning the entire thing, which I'm sure he's probably still sticking with, and we will get yes, to sir. that in a second. I laughed because I had the Buffalo Bills because, again, I said, and I'll say it again, if the Bills aren't getting it this year, they are never going to get it. It's just not going to happen. And this iteration of the Bills would be blown up if they did not finish the story this season. So it was dicey for the Bills getting to Mm -hmm. this point, but they're here. They've won five in a row, Mm -hmm. and they're here. So Mm -hmm. the possibility is still there. Both of our teams are still alive. I'll go over just kind of how things are shaking out now. On the AFC side, the Ravens are the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Sitting pretty. Sitting very pretty. Mm -hmm. Followed by Buffalo, surprisingly, number two. Didn't see that coming. Um... Or did I actually? Did I have it too? You did. I had no. Did you I, have KC? I had the Bills at two. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I had KC at one. Yeah. I had the Bills at two. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Maybe the Bills are the team of destiny. Mm. No, probably not. not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three for the Kansas City Chiefs. We got four. Like he said, the Houston Texans. Very surprising, but I fucking love it. I think a few weeks ago I said I couldn't tell you if they were pretenders. Or contenders, but I would fucking love them for them to be contenders. So I, I knew they were contenders. You did know. I was I skeptical, but Stroud is the real fucking deal. Uh, five is those crazy Cleveland Browns. Six, the Miami Dolphins. And fucking seven. Somehow, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll get into Steelers in a second. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, on the NFC side, Niners end up number one. Fair. Uh, number two, the Dallas Cowboys. What the fuck? Three, that man's Detroit Lions. Uh, number four, surprisingly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers made it back to the show. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, 
the Philadelphia Eagles, who are in dire straits, in I told real y'all. trouble. I Woo! told y'all. You really called that one. Told y'all they they in trouble. They are in big trouble. We'll we'll get to them very quickly here too. Uh, six those L.A. Rams. Love seeing them there. And seven are those Green Bay Packers. You're welcome, Green Bay. We we let you off the hook again. And here you are. Here you are. Jordan Love. Jordan Love got to a playoff spot. Hey. It's all love, baby. You know what? Like I said, I said nice things about him. I won't take him back. It's fine. We'll see how you do in a playoff spot. Evaluate it from there. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go over these matchups. Kind Let's of go. make some predictions. Let's see get who we think we're going to stick with here. I'm going to start on the NFC side just because it's a little bit easier, I think, to predict. We'll start with that top level at uh, Bucks and Eagles. Like we said, Philadelphia is in trouble. They have been struggling big time. They are 1-5 in in their last six games after starting out going on a 10-1 run. But a loss to Arizona, a few stupid losses here and there where they just really could not get offense going at all. And now they're in trouble. Now, it's a little nuts. But if I'm picking, I still have Philly beaten Tampa. I think that team is just too talented not to smack around a team like Tampa. Tampa, yes, I know they have won five of the last six, but I just saw them play Carolina, and they could barely put up nine points on them. Nine on Carolina. So you can call it a trap game. You can call it whatever you want. If you're starting against Carolina, I'm sorry. My money's never going to be on you in Philly. I think this is the perfect game to get their mind right. Now, if they get beat by Tampa here, <laughs> I don't even know what the season was about for them. Like, I don't think I've seen an epic collapse like that in a long fucking time for a team that good that by all rights was a lot of people's Super Bowl pick. So it's a bit of a test. I do like Tampa in some aspects, but Philly, I think, still is just overall the better team. Their defense needs to step up. Because mm-hmm. Mayfield is the kind of guy who can carve you up, but I think they do enough to get a win here. What do you think? I think that, um, well, I'm looking at the game right now, and it looks like it's going to rain. If it yeah. rains, that plays heavily in Philly's favor. Yes, yes. Because Philly likes to run the ball, and Absolutely. Philly can run the ball. Um, I don't know why they chose to go away from it. DeAndre Swift has been working for him. Absolutely. Uh, I have no idea why his touches is diminished after the bye week, but they need to get him going. Um, Jalen Hurts, they got to get him going in the run game yeah. as well. Um, but I mean, I, I think Philly is just the more talented team, and I think they they come in here and overwhelm Tampa Bay, um, yeah. especially if it rains. Because if it rains, like I said, it plays heavily in Philly's favor offensively and defensively because that defensive line likes to get after it. Absolutely. Um, it's just that secondary that's been vulnerable. And guess what? When it rains, you don't throw the ball as much. That's right. And if you do, bad things happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, terrible fucking things. And weather is going to play a part in quite a few of these games where yep. you're going to see some different dynamics play in the factor here. And I think it's going to make for interesting outcomes for yep. sure. Yep. I, got I think Philly. this one's, yeah, I think this one's got the easiest one to call. I think Philly wins by like double digits. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a solid win. And they, Shake the cobwebs loose and move on to bigger and better things here. Yeah. The next game, actually, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to talk about Dallas and Green Bay real quick because I okay. ain't got much to say about it. There's the McCarthy revenge game, another uh, narrative like that. And I, like I said, Green Bay has been impressive. If you want to say impressive against Chicago, that's kind of beating around the bush. The point mm-hmm. is we can't beat them no matter what the fuck we do anyway. So they should have won. But 
but they've been impressive nonetheless. However, this is in Dallas. And I mentioned before, Dallas just can't fucking lose at home these days. They're allergic to it. And Dallas has a very high point output potential. We've seen them hang mega points on a few teams this season now. And as the the big narrative in Green Bay goes, this is going to live and die by Green Bay's defense, in my opinion, and Joe Barry, who Green Bay fans are ready to leave in the middle of a Texas gutter or out in the desert somewhere with no cell phone, no draws, no nothing. They are ready to get rid of this man so so bad, and I think this game is going to finally fucking do it. I know Joe Barry's friends with everybody in Green Bay in the organization, but that defense is highly suspect, and Dallas in Dallas is a terrible, terrible matchup for Green Bay. Historically, they still can't stand the Cowboys. The Cowboys getting that ass a lot in Green Bay, so I think this one is Cowboys. It's I'm torn because I don't want to give the Cowboys any fucking credit but I damn sure don't want to see Packers winning anything in a playoff run. So I'm going with, with just the smart money here. Dallas, I think, is the better team. Maybe not necessarily been a quarterback. I don't know. Dak is still, you know me, I'm not a big Dak guy. But mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb is still CeeDee Lamb. And yes. I think he goes I think he goes bananas on that secondary. What do you think? I actually agree with you. Um, mm. I think CeeDee Lamb comes out here and torches this secondary. Lights out. Um, CD Lamb gets moved all over the field. Sometimes he's in the backfield. He's in the slot. He's X. He's the Z. So you can't really game plan for CD Lamb unless you nope. just take Jair and just have Jair follow him the entire game, which I doubt yep. Joe Barry would do because Joe Barry's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart play. <laughs> um, so that being said, I think Green Bay covers the spread. The spread is seven and a half. Mm. Um, I think Green Bay loses this game by like six, seven points. Somewhere I can see that. I can um, see that. I take that, buddy. I think uh, I think Jordan Love is good enough to keep up with Dak. I don't. I, I'm not a fan of Dak either. Um, no, no. I think he's he's right in that Brock Purdy range. It's like like he's not a bad quarterback. No, but he's he's always gonna have these moments where he throws the other team in the game. That oh, that's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. And sometimes it's like. In this game, if he throws it away at the worst moment, this game could get away from him. Mm-hmm. This is not – I don't think this is a chalk win for the Cowboys. No. Um, so uh, I, I think Dak has to be very careful. I, I think he will. And I think they escape with the win. Escape. Good. I like the phrasing. Escape. Yeah, I'm not saying dominant here. I'm just saying enough to get it done because they should. They should. But I like that's a really good point you brought up. It reminds me of the Green Bay-Detroit game where, like you said, Green Bay, as crap as defense can be, they're really good at capitalizing on mistakes. And all of a sudden, they get that two and three touchdown lead very early. And then when you start playing from a high, it's hard to catch up with them. So as long as Dak doesn't do stupid Dak shit, I think they'll be fine. But you're right. That could be a little more surprising than we think. Dallas, I think, is still the pick, though. I think it's a smart money here. Now for the other game that I know you have been dying to talk about. We have been alluding to it. All episode, it's the one game this weekend I am looking forward to the most by far, and that is when Matty Stafford returns to Ford Field in his homecoming, and the Rams play the Lions in the Lions' first home playoff game since 1994. That crowd is going to be electric. I cannot wait. It's going to be a fireworks show. The offensive weapons on both sides are great. 
like you said, the defense, I think, is going to play a huge factor here, especially for Detroit. My prediction is Detroit wins this. I think the history behind it, and I know the Rams are good. I know the Rams are rolling right now, too. If, if Detroit can't get this win, I don't know what else to do about it. Like, that is a home playoff game that they have been dying for in Detroit. Dying for it. And I don't see how they just – I don't see how they lose this game. Period. Even stat-wise, I think those teams are very evenly matched. But emotionally, I think Detroit gets this on pure energy alone. What do you think? I'm going to let you talk most about this game. <laughs> well, this is a very dangerous game for us. Mm-hmm. Not only do yeah. we get um, Matthew Stafford, who's red hot right now, we get Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, and who would have thought? Demarcus fucking Robinson. The fuck? Right. Like, yo. I don't like. I don't know if people have been paying attention or have just been sitting under the rock they live in. But <laughs> God damn, these receivers are just as hot as Matt Stafford. Absolutely, they each take turns having big games and they don't care. Right. That's team what, ball, and that's what scares me about the Los Angeles Rams. Um, obviously, I've been saying this all season long. Our secondary can get got those corners. They can get burnt any Absolutely. given play. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Justin Jefferson was having a field day on us. I knew that was going to happen, though. DJ Moore was having a field day on us. He did. So what the fuck is Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Demarcus Robinson going to do to us? (laughs) This game is going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring football game. Yes, sir. And I'm all here for it. Can't wait. I think Detroit wins this game (laughs) 38-34. Woo-hoo-hoo! style. (laughs) Yes. Straight shootout. I think Jared yes. Goff is – I'm trying to find a better word than motivated. Mm. But motivated is a severe, severe understatement. Oh, yeah. He's ready to fucking go. Going against the team that traded him, the team that he played quarterback for that went to the Super Bowl. Right. That oh. he went to multiple Pro Bowls to. He had like a 50-touchdown season or some shit like that with them. Yeah. Mm. For them to just use him as a throw-in for a Matthew Stafford trade. Right. Here you go. A little sprinkle on top. Oh, yeah. I can, see, I can see that chip on his shoulder. And when he's in the locker room breaking us down, he's over there cussing and shit. He's talking <laughs> with a different type of swagger to him that he didn't have when he got here. Mm. And I think this Jared Goff is ready. Like, I've never said that shit about Jared Goff. I was just going to say, I can't believe you're saying that about Jared Goff. <laughs> I think he's ready. And more importantly, our best offensive player, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's pissed the fuck off. Yes, sir. He's going to fucking work on that secondary. There's nothing they can do about it. Them corners are too young. Oh, yeah. They too young. (laughs) St. Brown finna school them corners. St. Brown gets three touchdowns in this game. Damn. That'd be crazy. But I love it. I would love it. It's going to be a fucking, it's going to be a Mortal Kombat. I can't wait. (laughs) Of all the narratives going on Mm. this fucking weekend, that's where I'm like, those two franchises and their quarterbacks are so interconnected right now at a there, pivotal moment for both franchises. Like, there this will is a not perfect be matchup. any punting in this game. No, no legs needed. Touchdowns only, baby. Like, let's go. Just straight slingers. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. Mm-mm-mm. Um, So, divisional rounds, I've got Niners beating Philly. And then here's the fun part I have Lions beating Dallas, too. In the revenge against Dallas and that mm-hmm. eligible reporting scandal. Oh, I we think beat them. Lions, you, you totally beat them. 
I think this time you, you make it official, getting to an NFC title game in which the Niners finally end your fucking long streak. But you guys end with just the most fucking hope you've had maybe ever in the history of that franchise. Yeah. Are laying that into maybe a ring within the next five years here. If things keep going the way they're going, I think this season you're going to see Detroit just take that next step of being a legit annual contender. There's a lot of haters out there saying one and done for Detroit, and I think you're not paying attention. So look out. But this NFC side of the playoffs, for me, feels like the the Lions coming out party, so to speak. Not that kind of coming out, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we are here as a fucking threat. Take us seriously. Put some respect in our names. That's what I want to see. Yes. It's going to be dope. Now the AFC side. This is where it gets a little interesting, except for this first game because it's the Bills and it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> Next. Next. I'll give a little taste. Yeah, the Bills are winning this win, guys. Pittsburgh somehow fell into the playoffs ass backwards, running with Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, and somehow they made it here. Don't know how. Fucking weird, especially in that division they're in but they got there. But they get to face a team that got really desperate midseason and ended up winning the last five in a row on a mega hot streak right now. They won the AFC East again. And now the Steelers don't have TJ Watt either. Yeah, it's done. (laughs) This is a wrap. This is Buffalo winning it. I will say I feel like this is probably going to be the most boring game of the weekend. Absolutely. Because Buffalo likes to play down to their their opposition. So So this is going to be a lot. Exactly. This is going to be one of those low-scoring, boring-ass CBS games when they start talking about other shit because it's going to be 9 to nothing by the end of this game. However, <laughs> Buffalo's probably going to win this game. I'm assuming you mean the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got them winning well, like 21 to 2. There you go. Some to 2. Like <laughs> <laughs> Here's how I'm going to give you a safety. That's about <laughs> it. That's about all you get. <laughs> My God. On to more interesting games. So, Houston and Cleveland are going to go head-to-head here. And the resurrection of Joe Flacco continues, and C.J. Stroud has been a godsend for the Houston Texans. Like this man said, no one had the Texans doing this well in the first year of C.J. Stroud's career. Mm-hmm. He gets him an AFC South championship. That's crazy by itself. However, however, I feel that Cleveland is going to win this game because as good as C.J. Stroud has been, he has not gone against a defense this fucking good. And I think... Like we said, Flacco's got enough experience in the playoffs, and I think that defense is going to wreck, wreck that offensive line in Houston, which I think is actually pretty good. But Stroud's going to run into a buzzsaw here, which is fine because no one's going to take anything away from Stroud. I think the sky's the limit. Houston is – I think Houston understands that their rebuild is already light years ahead of what they thought it was going to be. So they'll go and take this, some momentum, add a few more pieces in the draft, maybe make some trades that they're going to have like 70 million in cap after winning a title after having such a shit season last year. So like that, in my opinion is the best position to be in like crazy over expectations and a shit ton of money to keep going with it. Awesome. Awesome. I feel Cleveland wins this one, but Houston's going to make it very fucking interesting. What do you think? I think Houston wins this game. I knew you were going to, and I like that we're different on yep. this one. <laughs> I think, um, Man, there's just something different about this Houston team. Like, there's there's a certain energy around them that reminds me yes. of the Detroit Lions. Um, and there's they just very similar. They just you know that it factor. 
yeah. that everyone talks about. CJ Stroud just has it. Like oh, absolutely. He plays like a ten-year vet. He's not. He's not a regular rookie. I don't think people realize that. Nah. Um, like he's he's twenty-three touchdowns, five interceptions. Like I don't think people. Re- that's almost five to one touchdown <laughs> and interception ratio. Like ten-year vets, eight-year vets. They don't even have ratios that good. Nope. Um, this is Aaron Rodgers level efficiency when we're talking touchdowns and interceptions. Woo! Um, so. I think C.J. Stroud comes out here, plays a very good game, makes a statement win over this great Cleveland Browns defense led by Jim Schwartz. Shout out, yes. my boy. <laughs> uh, Jim Schwartz, yes. Yes. Um, but I expect um, Cleveland's defense to come out really good, mm-hmm. very disciplined, very aggressive like they always do. I just think C.J. Stroud and that offense, Nico Collins, will make enough plays to win this game. And I think they win um, close to double digits. I oh, think- Wow. Yeah, I think uh, Houston wins this game, twenty-eight nineteen. Mm. I don't think Cleveland. Okay. I don't think uh, Houston's defense is getting enough credit. Um, I know they got ran on by Jonathan Taylor last. I game, was just but, gonna say it. <laughs> but what they do well is shut down the run. Mm. Um, and Cleveland's offense is based around the run game. That's the name of the West Coast offense. Very true. Zone run. Um, oh, I wish Nick. I wish Nick Chubb was here for this. Yeah, if Nick Chubb playing, we might be having a different conversation. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I definitely. And again, it's the same note about Houston I always make. I would love to be wrong. This is the one team where I'm trying to play it smart with my picks, but I fucking love what Houston is doing already with this fucking team. Like, that's the one thing I didn't see. Even someone like Nico Collins. Like, what the hell? Tank Dell. What the another one of these? Who the fuck is this guy? Like a ward? Like who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? So like these are some players that they have found that are gems, absolute diamonds in the rough here. So like you're putting those together. You even have people like Will Anderson, who let's not even sugarcoat that he's had a stellar fucking year this year. Yes. So that you're right. The defense I think is a little underrated, but you you could absolutely be right about this one. This is the one I think where I'm like torn. I'm like sixty I'm, forty on it. I'm I'm confident. I, I don't think. I know you're always coming about Stroud, though. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that Cleveland offense is going to be able to move the ball as easy as people think. I'm not I saying will... Joe Flacco is going to play terribly, no. but that run game is going to get shut down, and that play action pass game is not going to work. Will Anderson is going to be in the backfield a lot. Mm, I can see that, and this is one of those games where I kind of feel it's low scoring, but it's only because like the types of offenses these guys run are just very like they're either they're yeah. all or nothing. Like you said, it's very yeah. run heavy. It's very like. Short pass, and if they get some good momentum, then it kind of opens no, he, up the playbook. But like Houston's aggressive. Houston Houston's plays aggressive. aggressive. Also, uh, about Cleveland, like with Flacco, oh, yeah. you Flacco isn't the old guns looking used to be. He can still fucking throw it, but like they are methodical with it. Whereas Houston is just go go go. So like I can see it kind of canceling each other out a little bit and making it more of a low scoring game. But I would love it if just like if it's a new age kind of Cleveland and Houston, like who the hell would see like a high scoring output from both those teams coming in, in a playoff yeah. game. That's yeah. very non-traditional for both those franchises. Absolutely. I, I had, I had 28, 19. So relatively yeah. low. Yeah. Right. I think I would say even lower than that for myself, but yeah, that's yeah. just me though. Could be. Yeah. W- could be. Would you, we would do a shot bet on that. Let's get it done. <laughs> Let's get it. I like it. I like it. Uh, last one, the AFC quite interesting. And that's the Kansas city chiefs. And the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting for a lot of reasons. We talk about narratives. This is Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead. Yes. Tyreek was a chief. Yes. Traded to the Dolphins. Transformed the Dolphins. 
Kansas City, you know, they're still AFC West champs again because they always are this time. <laughs> but admittedly, this season, a little bit tougher road for them to get there. They made it, number three seed, but it hasn't been all sugar and rainbows for them this season. So there's been a few struggle games for them. We talked a lot about Mahomes kind of losing his mind a little bit in the press and blaming refs and blaming everybody. Like He's unraveled a little bit. However, this is still Chiefs. This is still their championship to defend. You can't overlook him. Like this man said, Mahomes and Kelsey, you always got a shot, right? Always got a shot. They played the Dolphins earlier. Uh, Dolphins lost 21 to 14. I believe that was week nine. However, this game will be fun because the weather, it will be zero degrees for mm-hmm. this game, going into negative degrees. So right. I feel that helps Kansas City more than it helps Miami because Miami, y'all too, y'all too used to the beach, yo. So going to a freezing cold game like this might be a struggle. I am picking the Chiefs in this one, but I feel it's going to be a very close game because, again, I have picked against the Chiefs many times. It's bit me in the ass. I'm not doing it this time. Somehow, even with all the struggles, Mahomes and Kelsey just seems to fucking be the magic formula. I don't know how long they're going to keep riding that combination. They have to add pieces. If anything this season showed is that Kansas City still needs some help. When it comes to receivers, especially people like Tooney, we won't bash him anymore than he's already been bashed, but like they still need pieces to maintain their position on top of the AFC and on top of their division. But I don't think today is that day. I don't think this weekend is that weekend. I feel they still beat Miami, but Miami's going to give them a fucking fight. And Tyreek's going to be very motivated to take out his old team in the playoffs in the first round. Can you imagine if Miami pulls that off? What do you think, sir? I think Miami goes in an, uh, goes into Arrowhead and gets absolutely smacked. <laughs> I was sure where you're going with that. I was like, oh my God. I think I think they go into Arrowhead and Pat Mahomes just lays the wood on him. That jigglypuff double slap. Um, I don't think I don't think two is gonna play well in the cold. Mm. I think he's gonna struggle. I think Tyreek Hill won't have the numbers he normally had throughout the mm. season because two is gonna struggle in the cold. Um I just really like the way this Kansas City defense plays. Um no real big names. Uh, Chris Jones, if you're a football head, uh, really good D tackle. I wanted uh, him with the Bears for a while, but, but didn't happen. You know, out, they they have really good, steady players. Um, they have like uh, Legarius Sneed, who I'm a big fan of, plays mm-hmm. corner. I like Justin Reed a lot, plays safety. Um, Trent McDuffie plays in the slot corner. Um, they they have a very good secondary, and I think they match up well, speed wise and size wise, um, with the Miami receivers. Um, and I think Kansas City wins this game, like I said, pretty handedly. Um, I'm going I'm going 28-12. I can see that. I feel this one is like – I said 21-14 in mine, but like I think a solid touchdown. I don't know about smacked. Smacked is funny to think about for the Dolphins because, again, I don't – I think they're a very talented fucking team. Outside it's, of I'll, – I'll tell you this. Outside of the Cowboys, who have the Dolphins beat? I was just going to get there. I was going to say the biggest thing I think about is the fact that they haven't really beaten anybody who's playoff worthy. So, like, it's kind of the big question mark for them is how well can they do when the lights are brightest here and they're pretty fucking bright in Kansas City in a playoff game. So, I feel they get swallowed up a bit here. I still think they make it interesting, but I think a solid touchdown win here. And I think 
I think losing Bradley Chubb really hurt them. Oh, yeah. Because now you don't have that edge Stumper. guy that's going to apply pressure to Pat Mahomes. Absolutely. Pat Mahomes, I know you guys just signed Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin. Cool. All right? Yeah. Cool. They're upgrades for you guys. Great for you. Sure. But let's be real. You expect them to get constant pressure on Pat Mahomes? Mm-mm. I think that pocket's going to be clean. <laughs> yeah, they're not Chubb. I, dude. Think, Chubb's I don't level. think it's going to be a single grass stain on his red jersey. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. But, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Chubb is a different level. That's that's somebody you have to game plan about. And no disrespect to anybody on the defense in Miami, but, like, that's a yeah, different. That's, that's a, a different diff- level of talent, yeah. It just is. I'm sorry. That's just how it is, man. So, We'll see how that goes. Divisional round, I have Ravens beating the Browns, which if, if that's what happened if the Browns won. I got the Ravens um, beating everybody. Be, pretty much, yeah, that's what I'm getting at here, too. Is <laughs> I say Chiefs will beat the Bills again, and Buffalo staff starts getting fired pretty fucking Left fast. Left and right. <laughs> Left and right. I think Diggs, probably gone. Like I think the whole thing falls apart in Buffalo after that. But then I had the Ravens finishing off Kansas City and winning the AFC. So I'm assuming your Super Bowl pick is still the Baltimore Ravens, eh? Absolutely. I believed it then. I believed it now. Everything I said then still holds. Lamar Jackson is going to play better than we've ever seen before with our two eyes. Numbers don't say so. <laughs> but like I said, if you watch the man, you would see. You would um, see. That defense, I try to warn y'all. Them two <laughs> linebackers. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that shit is nuts. Like, I try to warn y'all. Oh. Juan Smith and Pat Queen in the middle is Something offensive coordinators would never dream about ever seeing. They 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 don't even want a game plan against that. Because what they do is run sideline to sideline like some fucking madmen with their head cut off and just knock people out. They just cause ruckus for the offense and they just fuck everything up. That's basically what they do for people who don't really watch football. How did we let him go? How? How know, did but... we have Roquan Smith and we just go, nah, it's fine, he can go. He looks like the best Mike Backer in the league. Right. Like, I... <laughs> Okay, sorry. Every time you bring up Brokaw, I just then, die a little inside. And then they're secondary. So fucking good, dude. They're so good. Kyle Hamilton is 6'4", but Brock Purdy want to throw jump balls. To... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I got the Ravens. Ravens, Ravens. I, because I in the Super Bowl, I have Ravens Niners. I'm actually going to go Ravens. I've, I have bought Whoa. into the hype. I have seen the Ravens all season long, and I think you're right. I The Bills are my official pick before this because... Again, talent-wise, timing-wise, the Super Bowl window. And like I said, if it's not them, it's just never them. However, if you look at the actual fucking games, Ravens are just a whole different breed right now. They're playing just complete football. And Lamar Jackson, I think, has every accolade coming his way that he fucking deserves. And I can't wait. I'm saying MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I'm thinking he's getting the whole nine yards. What else is there to say? I just you yeah. see the Niners, you see him pretty fall apart a little bit towards the stretch here. Like, I think Ravens are gonna cruise through the rest of this fucking tournament, and here we go. It's done. Yeah. It's they, done. I mean, they have elite quarterback play, elite defensive play. Done. When you have that, that screams Super Bowl. Right. Some of the best to ever do it win Super Bowls yeah. like that. Just like um, that. And they it's not like they don't have talent on offense. They have talent at receivers, Zay Flowers. Odell's yeah. been making plays. Absolutely. Isaiah Likely's been making plays. Likely's been great. So, I mean, yeah, that's please. Yes. If they had Andrews, even better. But, like, but, yeah. the fact they're getting it done without their best weapons and they're still looking this fucking good tells me all I got to know. Like, yep. they are built for this kind of run. So, yep. 
Fucking Harbaugh's, bring it on, dude. Harbaugh's been here before. Absolutely. Oh, He's yeah. Stars hurt. On top of that, experienced coach. Hey. Yeah. He had um he had Ray Lewis hurt uh during their playoff run when they went to the Super Bowl. That's right. They made the Super Good Bowl. Good lord. Good lord. With Joe Flacco. Look at that. So a lot of experience in this playoffs and just in the most intriguing ways. The narratives in some of these first round games are fucking crazy. So it's gonna be a wild ass weekend. I'm very much looking forward to most of these games, except for the Steelers. But <laughs> we'll see who comes out of these. It's it's gonna be great. Make sure you guys keep following along. With that, because we'll be bringing all the updates you can fucking handle as these spicy playoffs uh, happen over the next few weeks here. I got the Ravens over the Lions in the Super Bowl, by the way. You have Lions all the way to the chip, huh? Woo! Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it, Why man. Not? Fuck it, man. Why not? There's always a team of destiny, and we're looking at Baltimore, but Detroit Lions is... could be it. You never know. Detroit's looking good. Like, I don't see a lot of holes in Detroit. We'll, we'll see. I know we the Ravens beat the Lions. They're beat their asses last time too so like yeah. maybe maybe we'll maybe revenge we'll see it we'll see it again uh last but not least just a quick touch on the college football championship between michigan and washington as we talked about last week making our predictions and understanding you know jj mccarthy and the wolverines were just on a tear crazy good defense great offensive line play and then of course the amazing michael Penix jr in washington both teams undefeated going into this game. Um, yeah, real quick, this was a shellacking for most of this. Michigan came to fucking play. They were undeniable in every phase of the game. And kudos to Penix, because that man hobbled out of that fucking stadium, the confetti falling, not in his fucking purple and gold colors, and he got beat the fuck up in this game. But he toughed it out like a warrior and tried to hang on just couldn't get the job done. What do you think about this championship game and the crowning of another Harbaugh <laughs> <laughs> and the Michigan Wolverines finally getting to the top of the mountain? No, I I think from the start of this game, Michigan dominated in the uh, in the trenches. Oh yeah, both uh, lines. I thought the, the offensive line um, created huge holes for uh, what the fuck is it? Dylan Edwards? I believe so. Donovan Edwards. Don- Donovan Edwards. Donovan, Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Edwards. He went, Donovan. he went insane, dude. Yeah, he went insane. Yeah, two carries for eighty-seven yards and two touchdowns. Right. Like in the first half. In the first half, I was like, "What the fuck?" Back to back, too. I was like, "Yeah." Um, it wasn't mo- even play Corum. Like, whoa, shit. And then, and then after they started to slow down, they Michigan's offense, their mm-hmm. defense came out, and their defensive line was dominating the Washington offensive line. <laughs> they were getting in the backfield, making plays, hitting panics. Making him real uncomfortable. They, he didn't have the time to hit the deep down the field throws that he would normally hit. Of course, right. uh, of course, of the season because he was having that pressure uh, applied to him. Um, so kudos to Michigan, that defense, um, and the offense for making plays when it mattered. Uh, JJ McCarthy had that huge scramble. Yes, that uh, was big. The, that was a big time scramble because they were backed up, but they got stopped. Penix gets the ball back. You never know what could happen because right. <laughs> later on in that game, Penix and uh, Adunze started to get a rhythm going. Yes, that's right. I thought um, they were gonna start cooking a little bit. Yeah, and Penix missed them a couple times. Penix wasn't as sharp as he normally is. Oh, um, but he's fighting man, for his life out there, dude. Yeah, his that pressure from Michigan that was being applied was really messing with him. Um, and that was the story of the game, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, Washington couldn't get the run game going at all, really. But Michigan, 
Like we said, Blake Corum, 21 carries, 134 yards and two touch. Donovan Edwards, six carries for 104 yards and two for himself. So that rushing offense, bananas with Michigan for no fucking reason. And it happened very fast, too. So, unfortunately, yeah. Corum was being contained at first. Exactly. Edwards was going crazy. Just and then the off. second half came and Blake Corum, that steady running back, that steady veteran running back. Right. And with Edwards, yard, three with yards Edwards, it was, seven. Right. And also say Edwards just like he got touched and then he would bounce off and then he would just beat it for fucking 40 yards. I was like, yeah. He's how one did of you? Explosive players in the country. Yes. He, he totally proved it that night. Fucking he, uh, crazy, dude. I know Michigan fans are scratching their heads because like he's been so incons- inconsistent throughout the year. Yeah. But this level of explosiveness is what they've been expecting. He just saved it all for this game, I guess. <laughs> hey, perfect time for it to show. Right. Holy shit. So that was nuts. That was nuts. I mean, the receiving lines for everybody are not average, really. Nothing more than for 64 Michigan? yards yeah. for Michigan. Yeah, it's, you know, they spread the ball around 64, 54, 25 for the receivers. So everybody got their little bit of taste. You know, with Washington, like you said, Roma Dunze is their guy. With Polk, only got 37. For four, you know, receptions. So, you know, Washington, they tried to move the ball where they could, but Michigan, I think, just overwhelmed them. They just, Harbaugh had those boys ready to go. And Michigan, yeah, well-fucking-earned championship. Very, I mean, it's not surprising, but damn. Like, it was a dominant win in a championship game for two very good undefeated teams. So, did not see it coming just that way. I said it more of a kind of a fucking firefight, but, hey, sometimes – Destiny is destiny. That's really all there is to that. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Uh, with that said, man, what are your final words for your fans? Um, wear a condom. Oh, oh man, that's like would, a different connotation this time now. Like, um, so if I picked up my phone uh early in the show and I was staring at it for a second because um she texted me uh and she called me BD. Oh, and you can only imagine what BD stands for. Oh, I know. I definitely know. And um. Yeah. She's throwing that word around all a phrase already? Like Yeah, and um That's why I'm like, it's see, I get why you're skeptical. Cause it sounds like she's playing games here. Like Yeah. Who just says that? Just I don't Okay. But I, then at the same time, like if you know this girl though, like I, I do get where you're coming because I feel like that right now. But then right. at the same time, it's like I know this girl, but like she's really like this. Like she would actually do this shit. Fuck, that's so yeah. weird. But yes, that is still a very important last word for fans. Like, whew, let it be a cautionary tale, whether it's is or not, whether it's happy news or something different. Hey, it's all right. But wear a fucking condom. If you're not ready for that, got to wrap it up, boys. Wrap it up. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Uh, for my final words, they're the same words they always are. Make sure you keep following along with us, especially for this man's story, because that's going to get riveting in the next nine months or so. <laughs> Then make sure you well, follow us at the Bank Bros Show on YouTube be and Facebook. Well, oh my God! <laughs> it's just in time for next year's football season. We can uh, fucking match it up. Oh my God! Uh, make sure you hit us our inbox. We are at the Bank Bros Show at gmail.com. We are at Bank Bros Show on Instagram. Plenty more coming. And like we said at the beginning of the show, this is episode fifty-one, folks. We are at our one-year anniversary next week. Please come and hang out with us. Hit that play button. Tell all your friends and family. Come see us. Come chill with your boys. Lots of fun planned for the episode. Some surprise guests that we got. We'll say who they are, but 
They are plural. Ooh, mm. fun for everybody. And we'll get into some interesting topics that night, too. So you don't want to miss it, folks. It's going to be an extravaganza. And we're going to have a lot of fun that night recording for all of you. But in the meantime, as always, Bank Bros are in your city. We are always here for you. And you can bank on it. Be good. One, two, three.